So, um, you know, we've seen people, uh, you know, go after the outrageous, you know, the, the goal of winning the Olympics. How much even more should we go after the outrageous? I mean, we've seen the outrageous and the bad. You know, we saw that guy that competed against Valerie Adams. Um, <laughs> shouldn't say that. But, you know, we've seen people willing to pump themselves full of, you know, pump themselves full of stuff to get a gold medal. I'm not saying we should pump ourselves full of stuff to get a gold medal. Um, uh, but I think we need to go after that, which is outrageous. You know, like we need to go after the outrageous. And, um, uh, and so if you're working to establish a revival culture, Tucker, you know, or to continue with the establishment of a revival culture, don't give up and don't back off. Because God has shown himself all through history. He's the God of awakenings. He's the God who turns up and wakes people up. So anyway, I want to tell you about a wake-up call that happened for me a few years ago. Back, back in the day, I mean, some of you have heard me talk about fireworks before. I, um, I'm a bit of a pyromaniac, eh? Like, I, I just, back in the day, I just loved setting things on fire. I remember once, actually, oh, it was a lucky call because uh, one of my best friends actually set a forest on fire and got in a lot of trouble for that. Uh, I'd been there as well, but he was the one that did it. Um, uh, and especially around Guy Fawkes, we used to just run around torching stuff, you know, like I remember another one of my friends, we, we used to set a lot of fireworks off in people's letterboxes, and he made the dumb mistake of setting off some fireworks in a wooden letterbox uh, that was built into a wooden fence, built, burnt the whole thing down. Uh, that's the key to fireworks. You only ever blow up the metal letterboxes. You don't blow up the wooden letterboxes because they can catch fire and burn the fence down. But I can remember this one day. We were walking around the beach near my parents' house, and um, there'd been a storm, and, you know, a big 40-gallon drum had washed up. And, of course, when you throw a double happy, which was like these little firecrackers, they just went bang. Can't get them anymore because too many people blew too many things up. Sorry about that. I remember throwing one at a guy wearing a tracksuit pant, a tracksuit top once, and the whole thing just shriveled. It just went, I threw it, you know, bang, and it went like that and stuck to him. It was awesome. Um, so, you know, anyway, sorry for my contribution to robbing you of the, uh, the, the firecrackers. Um, but anyway, uh, the cool thing is, like, if you get a 40-gallon drum, you drop a, a double happy, a firecracker, into it. You know, double happy goes bang, but in a 40-gallon drum, it goes kaboom, you know? And I'd done that several times before. And anyway, this, this one had washed up. And so I lit a firecracker, and I dropped it in. And I was, I was, I was watching it as it fell in. And then just for some reason, I remember thinking, I shouldn't be doing this. And I pulled away. And, um, uh, and anyway, it had gas in it, petrol. And it went kaboom and blow, blew the whole top off it. You know, like it blew, it was, you know, like if my face had been there, it would have blown my face off, and the world would have been robbed of this beautiful <laughs> thing. Um, but there was this huge explosion, and I had no idea that it was going to happen. And I suspect that we have no idea what's about to happen. My expectation is that the status quo is about to get blown to smithereens by the Holy Spirit working through a burning-hearted tribe of radical young men and young women and older men and older women with a bit of a rebellious mongrel streak to them. What do I, what do I mean by that? I, you, 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 some of you know me well. I have felt rebellious for a long, long time. And that doesn't mean I want to go and bash up my mother and, you know, and, and be rude to Pastor Seth or anything like that. 
What it means is there is a thing in me, and I think it's in some of you too, that can't settle for the status quo. You can't just say, this is it, and settle for things as they are. So when you rebel against godly authority, the Bible says it's sin. But when you rebel against demonic authority, it's spiritual warfare. And that's why so many, particularly young people, feel like they've got some fight in them because you're here to pioneer a new normal. You're not here to settle for the old normal because the old normal is killing people. Two weeks ago, uh, a 14-year-old girl from Otomotai College uh, put a rope around her neck and jumped off a table. That normal is hurting people. That happened in, in the city that is becoming our hometown. And we've got to get something in us that says, no, we won't sign a truce with the old normal that's killing people because we're here. We might not know what to do yet, but we're here to pioneer a new normal. So here I am. I find myself driving around Tauranga. And I find two things happen. Number one, I drive around and I look at Tauranga and I go, good grief, what am I doing here? And then on the other hand, I feel like I'm there as like an undercover rebel. You know, like, I, I find, my, it's, it's like you're driving around, and you've got this thing in your heart, and you're like, Tauranga, you have no idea what's about to happen here. And, and the word that comes to mind is the word insurgent. I feel like an insurgent. Now, the word insurgent or insurgency is kind of like, it's, it's a new word. It popped up. It's like after the Christchurch earthquake, all of a sudden, we knew about liquefaction. If someone had said to me, what's liquefaction before the Christchurch earthquake, I would have thought it would be like, like if you blow off and it goes wrong. You know what I mean? Like liquefaction. So that's probably a little rude. So anyway, but this word insurgency has suddenly popped up. And so I looked up what the word insurgency means. And it means this. It means an armed rebellion against an established authority. And often what it is, it's ordinary people who are moved by injustice to the point where they take action. They even take the law into their own hands. They say, we can't live by this set of rules, and we can't settle for that status quo, and we are moved to do something about it. And so all around the world, we find insurgents are becoming a really big part of uh, warfare. You know, there's a lot of insurgency in Syria right now. There were insurgents in Iraq and in Afghanistan. And what they do is they hide in the shadows, and then they come out from their hiding place, and they launch an attack, and then they disappear back into the shadows again. makes them very hard to combat, because they hide, they come out, and they launch their attack, and then they disappear again. Insurgency is not a new idea. It's kind of new in the news, but it's not a new idea. And insurgency is not even an, an Islamic idea. We hear about Islamic insurgents, but I want to suggest to you the Bible is full of stories of insurgents and insurgency. Let me give you a couple of examples. 1 Kings chapter 17, verse 1 says this. Now, Elijah the Tishbite from Tishbe and Gilead. Now, that, that's a mouthful. Just go with Elijah. Now, Elijah said to Ahab, who was the king, as the Lord, the God of Israel lives, whom I serve, there will be neither dew nor rain in the next few years, except when I say so. 
Think about that. This is the first time Elijah is ever heard of. The first words we hear this guy speak, he goes to the king and says, King, there will be no rain, no dew, there will be no moisture except when I say so. It was like he absolutely, totally, radically appeared out of nowhere with authority to speak to the king and command the weather. Talk about going from naught to a hundred in like three seconds. The guy just comes from nowhere and literally, if you read his story, he's used by God to scare the hell out of his generation. Someone has to scare the hell out of this generation because hell was never supposed to be here. When 14-year-old girls jump off tables with ropes around their neck, you've got hell in your generation and someone needs to scare the hell out of it. And so Elijah appears from nowhere and is used by God to scare the hell out of a generation. But he didn't come from nowhere. Something had to have been happening in this guy's life prior to that day that he could turn up and speak to the king and command the weather. Imagine someone appearing out of nowhere and being able to go to John Key or President Obama or Prime Minister Cameron or whoever else you want to go to, being able to go and command the weather. That's what this guy could do. I want to suggest to you there was something that had been happening unseen in the secret place, and he came out of the secret place, launched an attack, scared the hell out of a generation. I think Elijah was a one-man insurgency. I think he was an insurgent. I think he was prepared and anointed in secret and burst on the scene to change the world. Some people considered him to be a troublemaker. You know who's going to consider you to be a troublemaker if you do this? The people that have a vested interest in the status quo. The ones that want things to stay the way they are. I've met some of them in Tauranga. Awesome people, lovely people, but they are scared spitless. I said spitless, by the way, with a P. Because one time I said that fast and someone thought I was saying something I hadn't said. Some of them, they're, they're very nice and they're very friendly, but they are scared of us being there. Why would they be scared of us being there? I said to one pastor, I'm not interested in recruiting your people. I didn't say to him, I wouldn't want your people. Too lukewarm. Too namby-pamby, you Anyway, that was the other thing I put on Twitter before. I said, I said uh, if the God you serve doesn't blow your mind, you're probably serving something you made up. Might as well go worship your teddy bear. <laughs> it's feeling a little feisty. I believe there are Elijahs being fashioned in the secret place all over New Zealand. One of them was texting me before. He's one of the guys that, leads worship in the prayer room at the Tauranga House of Prayer. And he's a, he's a young man who set himself before God, and he's, just, he's a walking one-man insurgency. I believe they're all over the place. I think some of them might be in the room. Now, you might be sitting here distracted, and you might be sitting here going, oh, I'm not really into what you're saying. That's fine. Look, look, take heart. It'll be over in a few moments. But there are some of you here, and you might be, yeah, that's me, in the secret place. I want to, God turn me into an insurgent because I cannot settle for a status quo that has 14-year-old girls jumping off tables with ropes around their neck. I want to suggest to you that David was a, uh, an insurgent. King David. Think about this. I love this. In 1 Samuel 22, David left Gath and escaped to the cave of Adullam. Everybody say Adullam. 
When his brothers or his father's household heard about it, they went down to him there. And listen, and all those who were in distress or debt or discontented gathered around him, and he became their commander, about 400 of them. Now, a couple of things I want to point out. Before this, David, Saul had been chasing him, so David had run to Goliath's hometown to hide. Eric Johnson talked about this on a podcast the other day, if you heard it. It was awesome. And you know how he hid? He went there, and he acted like a madman, drooling all over himself and, you know, talking strange. He went there, and he acted like a complete madman. And all these discontented warriors started going, hey, 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 hey. I like the look of that guy. And they started gathering around him. The drooling madman. And these warriors, these 400 men, became the foundation of one of the greatest armies in all history. Numbered among them were certain men that were referred to as David's mighty men. Unparalleled in their exploits. Just Absolute mad warriors, unstoppable, brave, courageous. There was no, if one of them was coming against you, you were in great trouble. And it says they were discontented and they gathered around a drooling madman in a cave. A drooling madman in a cave. And a bunch of other discontented people that said we can't settle for the status quo started gathering around and hidden in the cave, God prepared an army to change the world. I would suggest to you that Jesus was an insurgent. In Luke chapter 2, it tells us that when Jesus was about to be born, he wound up, you know the story, being born in a barn, in a stable. They put down fresh straw. Think about that. What's the alternative? Crappy straw. (laughs) They put down fresh straw, and he was born king of kings and lord of lords, the one who the Bible says stands at the center of the throne, at the center of heaven, this indescribably beautiful outrageously immeasurably powerful and to our natural mind unpredictable king of the universe was born and a baby uh, born as a baby in a barn and you know only those with eyes to see and ear could, ears to hear could even find him Herod couldn't find him it took the wise men following the star and looking at the signs of the times to find him the greatest man ever was born in the least of circumstances, and God the Father sent his son on the greatest rescue mission. Notice, not just to save a few, but billions. When Jesus died on the cross, he was paying the price for billions to get saved. You know, he came as an insurgent, but he's not coming back as an insurgent. When he comes back, he just comes back as king of the whole shebang. He's not coming back as an insurgent next time. He's coming back as the king of the whole thing. And can I suggest to you, listen to me carefully, if you don't listen to anything else today, can I suggest to you, bow your knee to him before he comes back because the day he comes back, it's too late. And people will literally go to a literal hell 
I don't care. I don't care what's trendy uh, or not trendy to treat, teach in the church. There is a hell. And if you don't bow your knee to Jesus before that day, that's where you're going to go. You know, the enemy doesn't create anything new. He doesn't come up with any new ideas. All he's able to do is take something that God created and twist it. Insurgency was a God thing. Long before it became a devil thing, long before it became an insurgency thing, it was a God thing. And in my opinion, God loves insurgencies. Do you know why? He loves doing big things in small places using unusual and disqualified people And he loves to launch surprise attacks from secret places. You know, the Bible says this. The Lord races through the earth. It says the enemy walks. So God comes blasting into Lower Hutt and he he gathers a group of insurgents in a cave of Adullam type situation. And he fills them with the Holy Spirit and clothes them with power. And then... I don't know, decades later, the devil comes in. Oh, I think I got here first for once. But what he doesn't realize is the Lord got here long before. And then, just like there was gasoline in that 40-gallon drum, the devil comes along and goes, oh, watch this, drops his firecracker and boom, blows up in his face. All over New Zealand, there are caves of Adullam. The Tauranga House of Prayer and Hope Center Tauranga is a cave of Adullam. We're hiding in the secret place. Bunch of discontented nutters gathering around a slobbering madman. (laughs) Elijah is hidden and bursts onto the scene as a one-man insurgency. David as the slobbering madman in the cave. An army gather around him. Jesus, born in a stable, the King of kings and Lord of lords. What about you? What about me? What about we become insurgents? Not insurgents of destruction, but insurgents of let your kingdom come, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I have, some of you heard me tell a couple of stories when I was here on a Sunday morning a few weeks ago. But I've started, I've started figuring, so many people want to meet in cafes. Can I tell you, I get bored to death with going to cafes. I am so sick of going to cafes. Everybody always wants to meet in a flipping cafe. It's, and they never offer to pay. It's because they're all young. They all expect that I'm going to pay. So I go to cafes and I sit in the cafes and I'm just sitting in the cafe, I'm going, I'm so bored being in another cafe. So I've decided to start being a cafe insurgent. I've started prophesying over the people that bring you your mocha, soy, chai, vanilla, frappe, long, black, white, latte nightmare. Actually, there's this girl, Tiffany, at uh, the Palmer's Cafe in Ohauiti. And I prophesied over her the first time, and she stood there looking like she was just going to completely drop everything she was carrying. And I went back in, and God gave me part two, and I said to her, I said to her before, I walked up to her, oh, she said, she said, hello. I said, oh, do you remember? She said, I remember. I said, do you want the second part? And this other lady pipes up and says, yes, she does. 
And she says, boy, because she really needed the other part. What have you got? So I told her and she stands there and her eyes fill up with tears. And I'm thinking she's going to make the coffee all salty, you know. I don't know. I just, I like this idea of being an insurgent. I like this idea. Look, let me, let me show you this little picture before I finish. This is our... This is this is this is our our mad little bunch of insurgents. You know, there's that's on one side, that's the middle, and that's the other side. And and we've been meeting in this room. The fire code for that room's like 50, um, and I don't know how many of them were there because we won't count because I refuse to measure a church's success by its numbers. Um, but you know, we meet in there, and I, I talk to them about being insurgents, and you could see some of them were like, "He's insurgent for Jesus." I'm going to get in the prayer room and I'm going to let him set my heart on fire. I'm going to get an anointing on my life. So I come out of church carrying something from heaven, not just something that came from human enthusiasm because I want to blast sickness out of people's bodies. I want my shadow to heal people. I want to be able to cast demons out with interview, without having to interview the rotten things. I, I, I want to be a walking, talking, one-man, Holy Spirit-filled, power-anointed insurgent. And they keep turning up. We weren't planning on moving for weeks, but we've had to move to Bethlehem College because all these blooming people keep turning up. And, you know, like, that, seriously, they, that night they were walking in and I was looking around the room and it was already packed to the point where there were no chairs left and people standing around the walls and you could still see people coming in from outside and I was sitting there. And I don't think many, many church leaders do this, but I was looking, I was going, oh, no. <laughs> so we're moving to Bethlehem College and now we've got one room. They've given us two rooms. One has room for 200 and one has room for 1,200. And how will, you, how will you know when you've got 200? I don't know, because we won't count. You're an insurgent. God loves insurgency. Don't settle for the status quo. The status quo's got 14-year-old girls jumping off tables with ropes around their neck. Give your life to Jesus. Bow your knee before he splits the sky. Do you realize how close that might be? Bow your knee before he splits the sky. You know, the Bible doesn't say, hey, repent if you want. Repent means turn from your way and turn to his. The Bible says God commands everyone everywhere to repent. He expects us to do it. Do it before he splits the sky. Stop making excuses. Do it. And then never turn back again. Tucker, don't back off. Someone's got to establish a revival culture among young people. Someone somewhere, some, some group of Crazy people have got to believe that a revival culture can be established and maintained among young people and young adults and families and, and, and older people and grandparents and, and, and real old crusters, even older than me. There's got to be a culture where people can be revived and awakened. You girls that were singing before, you don't stop standing before the Lord saying, I'm yours. I don't belong to the peer pressure. I, I, I don't belong to all the dumb advertising on the television. I refuse to get dressed up in whatever Glassons is putting out. Has it ever occurred to you? You know, you know those Glassons ads, you know, they've got those girls wearing those dresses. If you wear one of those, you're going to look like an idiot. Because everyone's going to go, oh, I know where you got that from. You got that from Glassons and like 5,000 other people got it too. You're going to look like an idiot. You can't shop. You can't buy that dress. Sorry if any of you did, you know. <laughs> you know. Yes. 
It's like, you know, if you, if you buy those Dan Carter underpants, you know, guys, I'm talking about the guys now. If you buy those Dan Carter underpants and then you have your jeans hanging down at the back and your Dan Carter underpants are hanging out the top, everyone's going to be like, oh, yeah, Dan Carter lookalike. I don't want to look like Dan Carter. I want to look like Jesus. Dan Carter might sell underpants, but Jesus splits the sky. Now, there's something to put on Twitter right there. Someone needs to Twitter that. Quote Tucker Cowrie, at Tucker Cowrie. Are you on Twitter? No, not really. Okay. Yeah. All right. So let's, um, let's see what God wants to do. So uh, worship team, do you want to come back? that makes sense to anybody? Don't you just love the idea of emerging out of the secret place, carrying authority from heaven to change the world? Don't you love the idea of a bunch of madmen gathering around a slobbering, crazy guy who's being pursued by the king of Israel? And part of the reason he's being pursued by the king of Israel is because he chopped off Goliath's head with his own sword, with Goliath's own sword. He kills Goliath, chops off Goliath's head with Goliath's own sword. And then when Saul's chasing him, where does he go to? Gath. Where was Goliath from? Gath. That's why he had to act like a slobbering madman because they were like, hey, that's the guy that chopped off our champion's head. That's not where you run to. You've got to be an idiot. You've got to be an idiot. I chop off your champion's head and then when I'm in trouble, I run to your place? Come on. It's like if I run over your cat. No, 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 just joking. I love jokes about that involve cats dying. I don't like cats. Cats are a product of the fall. Before sin entered, there were no cats or barracudas. Okay, let's stand up. No, no spoodles either. They're an abomination. Seriously, they are. They are. Apparently in England, they call them, uh, uh, what was it? Uh, 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 What was it? uh, Cockapoo. A cockapoo. A cocker spaniel poodle is a cockapoo. Here we call it a spoodle because the other word's rude. Okay. Here we go. Just do what you were doing before. Holy Spirit, we say come. Holy Spirit, we say come. Holy Spirit, we say welcome. Holy Spirit, we say yes. Holy Spirit, we say yes. Lord Jesus, we turn away from our own way again today and we turn to you. You say of us, uh, we are not our own. We've been bought at a price and we say yay. I belong to you, Jesus. Come on, tell him that. No one can tell him that for you. You have to do it yourself. I belong to you. I give me to you. I give me to you. I give you me. Here I am. You died for my sin. I give all of me to you. I hold nothing back. Here I am. I give you me. And Holy Spirit, I invite you to come and touch me. Not I'm not just looking for a sentimental moment. I'm asking that you would touch me. I'm asking that you would release fire in me. I'm asking that you would release fire in me. Fire that burns. Fire that changes things. Fire that 
rearranges the landscape of my life and gets me ready for everything that lies ahead. Holy Spirit, I'm asking, release fire in this room. I'm asking that you would find insurgents. I'm asking that you would find those in this room who will emerge out of the secret place with anointing and power to scare the hell out of a generation. We say, Holy Spirit, would you do something in this generation that is amazing? And we thank you for different youth ministries that are gathering all over the city and all over this nation tonight. We thank you for them. And we ask right across the nation, would you raise up insurgencies? Would you raise up Elijah's? Would you raise up armies in the cave of Adullam? Would you raise up amazing things with unusual people in out-of-the-way places because, God, we want to see you move in power in our generation. Holy Spirit, come. I'm asking that you would release tangible, undeniable, weighty, life-changing power on every heart that says yes without hesitation. Lord Jesus, release power on every heart that says yes without hesitation. The ones in the room that are going to have to go somewhere, release power on them in Jesus' name. Those that have leadership on them, release power, I pray, in Jesus' name. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Come. Thank you for what you are doing. We ask now for more. We ask now for more. We ask now for more in Jesus' name. If you're a part of the the leadership team, if you're a disrupt leader, lead a small group, part of the leadership team, and you would like to be prayed for, can you come to the front? Just from the leadership team at the moment. If you're in the leadership team and you would like prayer, just come stand at the front. I just want to pray for you. And then we're going to turn you loose to pray for everyone else. Just come in nice and close. Come in nice and close. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Squeeze in a little bit closer, like almost shoulder to shoulder. Thank you, Jesus. Young people, stretch your hand out towards them. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for Holy Spirit insurgency, for a Holy Spirit-powered righteous rebellion against the destructive and dysfunctional status quo. Lord, make them to be rebels against religion. Make them to be rebels against the self-destructive garbage that the enemy has poured into this generation. Make them rebels against the enemy's plans to make this generation's culture into a toxic waste dump of immorality and addiction. Make them to be fiery, burning-hearted insurgents against the secularization of this generation. Lord, make them to be rebels against the fact that 95% of Kiwi young people don't know Jesus as anything other than a good man at best or a swear word at worst. I'm asking, Lord, release your fire. Release your fire. Release your fire. Release the fire of burning insurgency into them. Release the fire of burning insurgency 
Release the fire of your anointing. That fire that says, I refuse to settle for the predictable and the mundane. Five and counting. Five and counting, Mary Lenahan. Five and counting. I don't even know what that is. I don't know what the five is, but there's five and counting. I feel like the Lord says, make note of the fives. Make note of the fives. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Make him a fiery insurgent armed with the gospel signs and wonders. Fiery insurgent in Jesus' name. Fiery insurgent in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Fiery insurgent. Fiery insurgent. Fiery prophesying insurgent. Fiery prophesying signs and wonders working insurgent. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Or, God, let your anointing run along this line. Let your anointing run along this line. Mess them up, mess them up good. Mess them up and mess them up good. Thank you, Lord. Fiery insurgency. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Take them to the cave of Adullam. Make them into mighty men and mighty women in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Lord Jesus. Shukabamasa. Shukabamasa. Shikaravinamandisa. You married a slobbering madman. You married a slobbering madman, Mrs. Cowrie. You married a slobbering madman. Thank you, Lord. Make her into a slobber, slobbering mad woman. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hey, Nathan, as you pray for them, imagine yourself standing with one foot in the IHOP you awakening and, and put your hands on him. Like, just, I feel like the Lord says, draw from that and release it to him. Ha! Ha! Yes. And for you too, Mr. Lenahan. Both hands. Both and Mr. and Mrs. Lenahan. <laughs> yes. Oh, thank you, God, for this match that was made in heaven. Thank you for this match. You know how you know a match that's made in heaven? It can carry the anointing. It can carry the anointing. You carry the anointing like high voltage wires. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Kaboom. 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 Kaboom in Jesus' name. Kaboom in Jesus' name. Okay. For the rest of you, we're going to just pray for them for a minute. But if it's in your heart to be prayed for, just come stand in behind them. Come out of your seats. Come stand in behind them. They're going to pray for you in a minute. More, Lord Jesus. 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 Oh, Lord Jesus. Young people, as you stand there, just tell them, I am yours. Jesus, I am yours. I don't belong to peer pressure. I don't belong to what the magazines say. I don't belong to what Justin Bieber says. I don't belong to what Lady Gaga says. I belong to Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Get them, God. Get them and get them good. Young people, get your eyes on Jesus. Get your eyes on Jesus. Get your eyes on Jesus. Okay, leaders, turn around and pray for them. Just turn around and pray for them.
turn around and just release what's on you. Oh!
want you to hold yourselves as you are. And ministry team, just take a pause for a moment. Just refuel. We're going to pray for everybody again in just a moment. A couple of things I just wanted to say. Uh, Jules, in Hebrews chapter 11, I think it's around verse 34, it talks, it says, their weakness was turned to strength and they became mighty in battle. And in the physical, you've had a weakness with your hearing. But I just saw tonight, I saw this prophetic anointing landing on you. God, God was saying, you, you might have a weakness here, but I'm giving you ears to hear. And I believe that you are from, not from, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be like really, really clear. You are going to start hearing God's voice in a way that's totally different from how it's ever been. And it starts like 8.59 and 22 seconds on the 17th of August, 2012. It's like it's right now. So I think you should expect to have dreams. I think you should expect to start having prophetic words for people. I feel like the Lord literally, it's literally like Him coming and clipping new ears on you and saying, I give you ears to hear. I also believe you're going to get your natural ones as well. And I know you do too. But I feel like God's saying, I'm first giving you spiritual ones. You're going to hear. You've got a real prophetic thing on you. Uh, what's your name? Andrew? I've uh, seen you before and I've prayed for you before. But I, something new is landing on you tonight too. And I think you, could you feel that? There was like something going on. Yeah. I want you, I'm not, I'm not going to give you any, like I have an idea what it is, but what I'm going to suggest to you, you know Tucker, eh? You need to ask him to lay hands on you and pray for you on a regular basis. Because there's a measure of what's on him now starting to come on you. Right? And uh, it's, uh, yeah, he needs to lay hands on you often. You know Pastor Seth? Every opportunity you get for him to lay hands on you. Never turn one down. Okay? Right? I'm kind of giving away what I'm talking about, but there's a call of God on your life. And uh, uh, you need people that are walking in that to lay hands on you and pray for you on a regular basis. Okay? Right? Good. It's kind of like if he's Elijah, you're Elisha. You need a double portion of what he's got. You know? And then if he's Elisha, and Seth's Elijah, then he gets a double portion of what's on Seth. And then when he prays for you, you get a double portion of what's on him. So you wind up getting like a gazillion times more. Paul, I just speak that apostolic thing over your life again. It's like the enemy comes in to try and confuse you, saying, no, you're this, or you're that, or you're the other thing. And I feel like the Lord says, you're an apostolic man. You are an apostolic man. You are a cave of a dullum insurgent around whom mighty men and women of valor are going to gather in the years ahead. Your whole life is determined and defined by this apostolic call on your life. That's why the enemy gives you such a hard time. Have you noticed he gives you a hard time? He has a crack at you and you get discouraged and you get confused and it's because of this apostolic call and the fact that the enemy is absolutely petrified you're going to walk in. Look at what apostolic people have done to him over the years. Would you agree that the Apostle Paul, who you just happened to be named after, would you agree that he was a pain in the backside to the devil? The Apostle Peter, huge pain in the butt. I think probably Pastor Seth is a... I know, I know we call him Pastor Seth, but he's not. He's an apostolic man. Would you think that he's potentially a pain in the backside to the devil? That's why the enemy tries to confuse you tries to disorient you. 
Every day of your life, wake up, give your life to Jesus. Every day of your life, wake up, Jesus, I give you my whole life. I will be who you made me to be. And I declare over you, you are an apostolic man. I give you the same advice I gave him. His hands on you, get Seth's hands on you, get God's hands on you, be prayed for often, right? Does that make sense? Does that make a little bit of sense of why it's been quite tough? I feel like I came and I prophesied that apostolic thing over your life, and I suspect it was like all hell broke loose. Sorry about that. No, not really. Not really. Because you're an apostolic man. Don't knock until you've tried it. Ha ha. Ha. It's funny, isn't it? When people people look at other people getting blasted, they think it looks weird because they've never had it happen to them. When you've had it happen to you, ah, it makes perfect sense. Like standing like that makes perfect sense to me. I spend a a fair proportion of today walking around ah, feeling like that looks. Ha. Jesus.
Lord, I'm asking you to release an unusual boldness on this group. Put an unusual anointing on them and an unusual boldness to release it in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Okay, come on, let's just cut loose. Let's sing this thing. Come on, reach out to them. Pour your heart out again. I belong to you. I belong to you. I belong to you.
lives tonight. Thank you for what you do. We love what you do. Help us to be people that are frequent in the secret place. Help us to be people that are familiar with the life of prayer. Help us to find our cave of Adullam. Help us to find our secret place where we can be fashioned into someone who will leave a mark on the pages of history. Holy Spirit, would you work in those numbered among these ones gathered here who are saying with all their heart, yes. Lord, would you work among them? Would you work in them? cause our hearts to burn with love for you, like the fire that burns with love in your eyes. Lord, would our hearts burn with love for you, that we would love you like you love us. Would you speak to us? Would you prepare us? Would you sharpen us in the place where no one is looking, so that in the place where everybody's looking, we can be who you made us to be. Lord, I thank you for this young adults ministry. I thank you for other young adults ministries gathering all over New Zealand. Lord, I'm praying, raise up a Holy Spirit-filled insurgency to turn a nation and a generation back to stand face-to-face with Jesus. may it not be that any one of these ones gathered here would not spend time with you. Let it not be the case that any gathered here would have the next time they pray next Friday night. Lord, make us to be a people familiar with the secret place and coming out of there carrying the anointing and the presence of you, Holy Spirit. Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 You know, if you fly often with an airline, they get you to join their frequent flyer program, you know. And I want you to enjoy I want you to join up with the Secret Place Frequent Flyer Program. Every day, get into the secret place. Every day. Go into your room, close the door, spend time with Jesus and stay there till your heart burns. Every day, stick your iPod headphones in and put on a worship song and play it over and over until your heart catches fire. Every day. Don't live your whole Christian life where everybody's looking. Some of you, I spend a lot of my Christian life with people looking at me because of what I do. I do a lot of this but I spend the vast majority of my Christian life in the secret place because the secret place is the engine room for the public place. Don't just try and do it all when everyone's watching. Okay? You've got to have a secret life. You've got to go away with Jesus. If you have no idea how to do that, ask someone who does. Say, hey, hey Mary, can you tell me how do I spend time with God? And her answer might be a little bit like mine. Well, I'm not really sure, but you just got to give it a go and experiment until your heart burns. Okay? Some people dance. If I dance, the anointing leaves. Some people sing. 
when I sing, I want to leave. I get in there and I'll pray in tongues and I'll pace back and forth until my heart catches fire. And even more so because a 14-year-old girl jumped off a table in my city with a rope tied around her neck. So back to the secret place we go to get an anointing on our life to come out from the cave and put suicide to the sword. Tucker would probably tell us what to do now, but I don't want to disturb him. He just needs to stay there. So who else knows what to do? Mary, do you know what happens now? Kate? There's Kate. I couldn't see you. She was the first one I saw. Kate, what happens now? I think that's pretty much us for the night, but we can definitely we'll go out the back room and just have a bit of a hangout. Are you down for a bit of a hangout? I think we should definitely do that. I'll um, pray to close because you just can't go wrong with that either. Um, God, thank you for tonight. Thank you for sending Kristen to us. It's such a, um, an awesome blessing to have him here. Um, but it's just so much more of a blessing to have you here, God. Thanks that you've been doing some amazing works within us tonight, Lord. And I ask that you lock that in tight and not just be uh, words that we heard, but it would be something that really uh, grew within us, God, that we would be truly transformed because of tonight, God, because of the encounters we've had with you, God. So I ask that you bless each one, God, and that you continue to move, you continue to shape them, you continue just to love all over them, God, um, as they spend time with you in the secret place. And we love you very much, Jesus. Amen.